Hey guys, I'm Lena and I'm excited to be joining you for another podcast. Today is the last in our series in the Gospel of Mark. Every two weeks we've been studying the Word together and uh, if you've been tracking all along, welcome back. If it's your first time uh, coming on this podcast, then welcome. We are really excited that you've joined us. You can catch the whole series on iTunes. Just go back and listen to all the lessons if you want or um, just kind of tune into this lesson. I love this lesson. i got to be honest and tell you already. I uh, I think it's uh, just a very empowering message. Of course, so we're talking about the, resur- the death and then the resurrection of Jesus. And if there's anything that will give you uh, the power to go on in this life, it is knowing that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He, he rose again, and his resurrection is the answer to all of life's problems. He died in order to take the burden, to carry the burden of our sins. He was the payment for our sins, but then his resurrection is the victory that gives us this hope of eternal life. So, uh, man, if you've ever had a reason to be excited, this is it. If you don't know Jesus yet, uh, let me tell you this. He is better than anything that you can ever think or imagine. If you're not so sure about that, go back and read the Gospel of Mark. Um, what a beautiful book this is. What a simple, straightforward, action-packed story of a man who changed the world. His name is Jesus and he is God. He uh, uh, claimed to be God, uh, and he uh, did the acts that went along with that, and, and all that he did during his life uh, was amazing, and of course his death and resurrection is the um, tipping point, basically, in all of this. Uh, so, if you don't know him yet, I hope you will accept him into your heart today, and I'm here to answer any questions you might have about it at lina, L-I-N-A, at livingwithpower.org. Now, without further ado, get to Mark 15 and 16. There's two chapters to go over today. Again, I might not be able to read every single verse in the chapter, but I'll give you some flavors so that we can um, get a feel for it together. I uh, called the lesson Forever Better. This whole 12-week series, we've been talking about getting better, how Jesus wants us to get better, and how we can get better by the power of his touch and the power of his word, and how how um, there's some obstacles to it and a cost to it, but, but ultimately, uh, whether it's your suffering or whether it's... Um, uh, whatever it is, the goal is to get better, and, uh, and and not just for today, not just for tomorrow, but forever better, and we see that today just so powerfully. So, six points, as we've done every week, and uh, uh, let me give you the first point, and then I'll kind of give you context in scripture. Um, actually, I, I hinted about that last week, but let me, let me tell you uh, again. Here it is. Your testimony is loudest when you don't even say a word. Your testimony is loudest when you don't even say a word. So here's Jesus. He's coming. He's been arrested. He's about to be crucified. But he has this interface with Pilate, who is uh, the ruler uh, over him at that point. And it says, as soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation and the elders and scribes in the whole council. They bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? He answered him, you have said so. Uh, and the chief priest accused him of many things, and Pilate again asked him, Have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further answer, so that Pilate was amazed. See, the reality is that we are all reactionary individuals as human beings, and it is extremely hard and demands extreme self-control to be able to be quiet in the face of attack. Most of us want to uh, defend ourselves and to speak up and to fight back. And Jesus does the opposite. He uh, he says nothing. And it is amazing. And I think sometimes we feel this compelling um, need to fill silences with words and to convince people with words. And though I've already thought about the importance of speaking up, 
I think it was a couple of lessons ago we talked about it. I'm not saying the words have no place, but there's a time to be silent. And your testimony can be loudest even when we don't say a word. And uh, uh, maybe you're going through a season right now where you've been trying too hard to talk, to talk, to talk, to talk, to talk, to convince people of what you think they should do and be and, and who you are. And maybe it's time to be quiet. Maybe God allows you to tune into this podcast just to, to remember that... Uh, your testimony is loudest when you don't even say a word. It's your actions that reflect who you are. And I think a lot of times, if you have to choose one or the two, I mean, a lot of us, the problem, we'll talk a lot and have no actions to back it up, and then our testimony is zilch. Uh, and, uh, and, and often, Jesus gives us the opportunity to do both, to speak up and to act out. But, of course, remember Matthew says, let your good, you know, your, uh, they will see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And so it's, I, think, I think your works speak loudest. Uh, and often when we don't say a word is when, when we, people are most impacted. So, uh, I, I, enough said, let's move on to the next. Uh, your strength is greatest when you overcome evil with good. Your strength is greatest when you overcome evil with good. And so um, they... Um, at this, you know, they're having this council and, and they're about to crucify Jesus, but they, they, you know, Pilate doesn't see anything wrong with Jesus and he's trying to kind of figure out a way out. And so he tells the Jewish people and the leaders, he, he tells the crowd, do you want me to, to release uh, for you the king of the Jews? In verse 9, for he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered him up, but the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. So they had this ritual, they had this kind of thing, tradition, that they could um, release a prisoner uh, instead, uh, and, um, you know, so, so here's Pilate, he's trying to give them an out, not to crucify Jesus, not to send him to his death, but instead they say, no, crucify Barabbas, I mean, I mean, release Barabbas, and he says to them, what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, crucify him. Pilate said to them, why, what evil has he done? They shouted all the more, crucify him! So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, Wishing to satisfy the crowd. Are you a people pleaser like Pilate? Or are you focused on the Lord and pleasing him? What a what an example this Pilate is of what not to do. He, he's so content with pleasing people that he blows it. And he becomes forever known as the uh, ruler that sent Jesus to his death. And uh, I would not want that legacy. And so uh, they released Barabbas and they sent Jesus to the cross. The soldiers led him away inside the palace. They closed him in a purple cloak and um, and on and on uh, you can read on your own time I, I would highly recommend that you read the account of the crucifixion let me pick it up at verse 33 so now Jesus is on the cross he's been beaten and tortured and crucified and remember by his choosing he knew this was going to happen uh, this was not uh, something that was forced upon him he came to die he came to earth with a plan that he would die on the cross for our sins this was not uh, he was not a victim in that moment he um, was living out God's plan for his life, for your sake and mine. It says, When the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, um, oh wait, I'm sorry, I wanted to find, in, in, in the other Gospels, I wanted, I'm sorry, I was looking for the place where he says, Forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Um, but that's okay, it's not in this, because I think that's where I got this. 
Well, sorry, I uh, just took a quick uh, pause uh, to try to figure this out. Your strength is greatest when you overcome evil with good. I mean, the entire story of the crucifixion is is one where Jesus is is is, is overcoming evil with good. But I, I really think I'm not sure where. I mean, you know, it's funny. I made those outlines a while back, and I can't find the exact verse. So, I mean, I can tell you that uh, the account in Luke is pretty clear, where Jesus says on the cross, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." So here he's being crucified. So he's suffering pain, and he's suffering um, for something he has not done wrong. I mean, he's done nothing wrong. He lived a perfect life. He's being put on the cross for the sake of our sins, and he overcomes evil with good, and and claims, you know, asks his father to forgive those around him because they don't know what they're doing. And of course, in that um, in Luke twenty three, the account uh, it goes on to to talk about the two thieves on the cross and how Jesus even goes as far as to forgive one of them and give him eternal life in that moment. So so your strength is greatest when you overcome evil with good. I don't want to believe at the point. I, I I think I found it in that passage, but now that I'm here finishing up this podcast, I can't find the exact verse where I pulled this from. So let's just move on to the next point. Why don't you give me grace in that? And so your testimony is loudest when you don't say a word. Your, your strength is greatest when you overcome evil with good. And then Number three, your pain is fleeting when you know victory is coming. And so here he is. He's on the cross. He's at the end. You know, this is where he, there's complete separation from God. And it's the worst. This is the most painful aspect of being on the cross for Christ is that he's separated from the Father. But this had to happen for him to um, take on all of the sin. Uh, separated by God, you know, because of God's wrath. And of course, then he would overcome um, uh, death. And, uh, and 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 that's something that you and I need to remember in the midst of our pain, that our pain is fleeting when we know victory is coming. See, Jesus knew that he was going to rise again from the dead. It, it wasn't like he was going to die and that was it. He knew what was going to come. And so that knowledge, um, as painful as the situation was, knowing that he was going to overcome death, and defeat the evil one. I mean, he was right there at the end now, waiting to overcome death and defeat the evil one. And uh, that gave him, I think, the ability to go through this horrible thing that was necessary, but of course, still painful. And so, um, I, I think we can hang on to the same thing that that to, to look at the example of Jesus and to see that our strength can be great when we choose to overcome evil with good, and that our pain is indeed fleeting when we know that victory is coming. And um, and then I love this, your victory is sweetest when it looks like you've been defeated. Uh, your victory is sweetest when it looks like you've been defeated. It's, it certainly looks like it's the end for Jesus. I mean, nobody around expects him to rise from the dead. I mean, they've heard him speak about it, but they can't wrap their minds around it because it's never happened before. And, uh, and so they're pretty discouraged, and you pick it up in all of the Gospels, and even here, and Joseph of Arimathea is a respected member of the council. He goes and gets the body, and 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 Mary and Mar and Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph, they're around the tomb crying, sad. When the Sabbath, chapter sixteen, verse one, was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. Think of the weight. Uh, and the, the, the sadness that rolled over them as they headed to that tomb. And, uh, of course, victory sweetest when it looks like you've been defeated. And so verse uh, 3 of chapter 16 says, And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? They're worried. You know, they're, they're weighed down by their worry. And their worry is that nobody's going to be there to remove the stone. And it's funny, half the stuff that we worry about, we don't need to worry about. God has already found the solution to it. And here, they're so worried about who's going to move the stone when the stone's been moved and Jesus is not even in the tomb. It's just kind of funny, a reminder for us not to worry. And so verse 4, looking up, they saw the 
that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You see, Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, he has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. Peter, remember, was the one who had uh, denied him. And so he's, I, he's named specifically to show that how much deep the Father and, the, and Jesus had love for Peter. So, and, and so uh, the point here is that victory is sweetest when it looks like we've been defeated. And uh, so often in my life, I have found myself at the verge of defeat. And, and, and of course, I fail to see it through sometimes. Like I get so discouraged. And then, bam, God will turn things around in my life. And, and it feels so good to see God do that. And, and as we grow in our faith, hopefully we won't wait until God does the turnaround for us to believe Him. Hopefully we're getting to the point where even in the midst of the pain, we can understand that victory is coming because Jesus has overcome death. He, he's risen from the dead. And there's nothing that can stop Him from working out our present situation for good. And so uh, if you're in a place where you feel the sting of failure and pain and what looks like a disappointment, don't give up too soon. Christ is risen. Never know what can happen the minute God decides to show up in your life. And he's already showing up. You just don't see it clearly right now. He's working out everything for um, the completion of your story. So just be patient. And then point number five, your joy is fullest when you finally see God's promises fulfilled. I mean, Mary and Mary are unstoppable after they see this happen. In verse 9, it says, When he rose early on the first day, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, for whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe her. So she's ecstatic. They're disbelieving. And, um, and, and soon they all would come to find out that every promise that Jesus had made them, every, every word that he had spoken had indeed come to pass. And... Um, I, I know that feeling. My joy is fullest, and your joy is fullest when we finally see God's promises fulfilled. You know, the verses in Joshua, I think it, it is, that says, um, here, let me get just turn there, because uh, I love that verse. I, I've been thinking of it. And uh, verse J Joshua 23, 14, may this be true about your life today. And now Joshua is finishing up his life, and he kind of gives that same sentiment I'm trying to give you in, in the Gospel of Mark. He, Joshua says it in Joshua 23. He's wrapping things up. He's finished you know, talking to the people of Israel. He says, And now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. And you know in your hearts and souls, all of you, that not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one of them has failed. And there's such a sense of awestruck, awesome worship in that statement and that's what's happening here in mark everything jesus has told the disciples would happen has happened and he is now risen from the dead and one by one they see him and their lives are changed and they are filled with ecstatic joy no longer concerned by the burdens of this life and man that joy was so dramatic and that resurrection was so impactful that we never see the disciples lose heart. We see them go all the way to their own death. Every one of them was killed for the sake of Christ. Every disciple uh, uh, was killed for the sake of Christ. And, and Peter himself was crucified upside down because he wouldn't be crucified in the same fashion as Jesus. And, and just full of joy 
They did not live discouraged. They did not live in disappointment. They lived in joy because they saw that God is a God who fulfills his promises, even when it looks like they've been defeated. And uh, I love that. I love that promise. What a way to end. And then the last point is this. Your impact is deepest when you see what's dead come to life. Your impact is deepest when you see what's dead come to life. And certainly, if anybody saw it, um, the disciples did. So afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at table. And he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Isn't that behind our unbelief? It is the fact that our hearts are hard. God has done so much for us and we still don't believe him. Oh God, forgive us our hardness of hearts. Um, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. So God has risen from the dead. He comes to his disciples who had completely blown it, but, but of course not surprising. And now he commissions them to the greatest mission in the world, to go into all the world proclaiming the gospel. He says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. And, uh, and they go out and become world changers. They turned the world, really Jesus turned the world upside down, but he used those 11. And, uh, and it says, when then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And Ephesians were told that he's sitting at the right hand of God right now, making intercession for us. And they went out, listen, verse 20, and they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. They did not go alone. He went with them because now he would give them the Holy Spirit who would fill their hearts and their lives. Your impact is deepest when you see what's dead come to life. Oh, I don't know what's dead in your life right now. But listen, my brother, my sister in Christ, Christ is risen from the dead. There is nothing that looks dead in your life that he could not raise up this second. Uh, do you believe him? Have you put your trust in him? If you have, then you are forever better. Your testimony is loudest when you don't even say a word. Your strength is greatest when you overcome evil with good. Your pain is fleeting when you know victory is coming. Your victory is sweetest when you look like you've been defeated. And your joy is fullest when you finally see God's promises fulfilled. And your impact is deepest when you see what's dead come to life. Jesus is alive, my friend. And he's at work in your life and mine. I don't know what he's doing in your life today, but I'd love to hear about it. Why don't you email me, lena, L-I-N-A, livingwithbound.org. I would love to hear from you and to pray with you. If you've just now come into a relationship with the Lord, know that your life is forever changed for good. And uh, if you need more resources, uh, go to a couple of places. First is my website, livingwithpower.org, livingwithpower.org. Uh, you will find all kinds of materials. Everything I've done in terms of Bible study is available free for you digitally. So on the computer, you can download anything. And, um, and then there's a book that I just wrote called Resolved. 10 Ways to Stand Strong and Live What You Believe. Go to IamResolved.org and find out everything you want about this book. Get a 10-week free study to go along with the book. Buy the book. You'll love it. It will help you get stronger. And uh, here's what I'm going to do in the next uh, 10 weeks. I'm not. We're not going to do every other week. We're going to go straight through 10 weeks. And we are going to, week after week, I'm going to post a video study uh, of Resolved. So every week we're going to do a book study, basically, a resolved book study. 
uh, once a week, I'm going to post a video on my blog, livingwithpower.org, and on iTunes. I'll figure out how. And we're going to watch the video together, and we're going to read a chapter of the book together. So you might want to get the book. You don't have to read the book, but it'll help. You're, you're going you're, you're to get stronger by the end of summer. But get the book or watch just the studies. And we'll read a chapter every week. We'll listen to the teaching. And then I'm going to um, try to have a discussion, weekly discussion, where you can log on for one hour. And uh, I can take your answers and whatnot. So I'll, I'll have more information on my website uh, in terms of how to connect uh, regarding the uh, uh, Google Hangout or whatever we'll be doing. So I hope that pumps you up. Hope you're having a great summer. Uh, I am going to end and thank you for walking through the Gospel of Mark with me. It has been a true honor uh, to have you along for the ride. Um, let us be in touch. Let us stay in touch. And I'll meet you next week for Resolved, uh, the book club. So, uh, you take care and uh, I'll talk to you soon.